Hello everyone. Welcome to Voice of the Wild, an amazing podcast initiative by Naturalist Foundation. This is the second season, episode 2 of the podcast. With this podcast, we bring you closer to the world of wildlife conservation, scientific research, and government environmental policies. I am Rajvik Menon and I'll be your speaker today. Today, I'll be talking about some important but interesting topics such as the Assam floods and its yearly recurrence, the increase in man-animal conflict, and the rediscovery of a species of mangroves. So without making you all wait, let's start with it. The history of Assam is quite interesting. The area of the present day Assam including the remaining northeast first became a part of India after the ruler of Ahom dynasty sought help from the East India Company against the invading forces of Burma and later signed what came to be known as the Yandabu Treaty which helped in the British annexation of the northeast. Even in the past Assam has been through a lot. It was home to the mighty Ahom dynasty. None of the invaders including the Mughals were able to conquer Assam. and yet the greatest threat that the state now faces on a yearly basis are the floods of assam assam has always been the most flood prone area in india mainly because of two reason the glacial ice melting during the summer coinciding with the monsoon which was a reason for the earlier floods and then the brahmaputra river which is the main source of floods in the last decade the brahmaputra river is one of the most volatile and unstable rivers it has always been so but after the great earthquake in 1950 the flow of the river became more aggressive so what has changed why is it that assam has been getting headlines all throughout the news channels if it is a flood prone area the answer is pretty simple it is because the frequency of the floods have increased between 1950 to 2010 assam has seen only 12 major floodings but as of late the floods have been haunting assam annually we have seen major floods in 2012 2015 2016 2017 2018 2019 and now 2020 now curiosity kicks in and wonders think why has assam started to flood on regular basis is it natural or does human activities have to do something with it or is it both before we jump to the negatives let us understand that the floods are a part of assam's ecosystem the brahmaputra carries a lot of sediments that is basically nutrients and this flooding lets the soil be fertile but what has changed in the past few years is these floodings turning into natural disasters coming back to why does this happen our main culprit here is embankment something in which the government has invested 30000 crores in the last 60 years embankment also known as levee or dike is a wall of stone or earth that is built to stop the river from flooding However, what we see in case of Assam is that these embankments are not only built with the intention to stop the flooding of the river, but it also obstructs the flow of the river. Now, floods can happen due to two main reasons. One being that the water level rises and the river starts filling over the embankment, or if there is a weak point in the embankment which collapses, which makes the whole embankment pointless. As I have mentioned earlier, Brahmaputra carries sediments, and when you build an embankment, that narrows down the flowing path of the river the river runs faster and the sediments get deposited at the bottom this in turn increases the water level and once the embankments end the river gushes through and starts to overspill an example for this is the flooding in patragao which lies immediately after the embankment of dibrugarh ends the encroaching of flood plains is also one of the reasons that people are affected by floods 
Embankment at times gives a false sense of security and therefore many people tend to settle close to river banks which function as flood plains when water level rises and therefore are prone to flooding There has also been chatter about a contract nexus in Assam where the embankment projects go to a particular company accused of using inferior quality raw materials or at times using jugaad to reduce their cost of construction so that they gain a surplus from the budget. This does not mean that Assam has to face floods in the future too because every problem comes with a possible solution. One main problem that we see when it comes to any infrastructural project in India is maintaining standards. We see structures made in the colonial era still standing tall, while bridges made a few decades back collapse and takes life. There are countries that are trying to maintain standards. For example, Netherlands. Netherlands is a country that takes flooding so seriously that they have written down in the constitution that the Dutch people have the right to be protected by floods. They maintain such safety norms that they claim that even if the flood is to hit them once in ten thousand years, they are prepared for it. And of course, they have to be. because they reclaimed a lot of land from the sea that is already flood prone and have made settlements around it but what the dutch did differently was that instead of molding the river for their convenience they started molding settlements according to the convenience of the river they let the river flow in its original path dug deeper flood plains and planted trees around the river this stopped minor floods from entering the settlements they have also built the embankment at a distance so that the river has place to flow and fill up before reaching the embankment the state of assam is in dire need of help the covid-19 scenario has thrown media houses in panic mode for content but what we see is media houses reporting about celebrities and their fight against covid while people die in the other side of the country we as indians mostly associate with the northeast only for its natural beauty turning a blind eye towards its natural disasters Out of the 450 embankments built around Brahmaputra, most of them are in very critical conditions. The government knows about the existing problems and the possible solutions. However, are they willing to fix it? Is a totally different question altogether. In one of the biggest democracies, which should function on the motto of "of the people, by the people, for the people," we see political parties being more focused on vote bank politics or blaming the opposition for things that they have the power to change. It is time that the government changes its thought process on how to fight elections and keep the aggression and hunger for the nation that they exude during elections and carry it with them when planning on projects that involve potential threat. Human wildlife interactions have occurred since ancient times and such interactions have given rise to conflicts where either are posing a threat or causing any harm to another. But such conflicts were not an everyday occurrence then as much as it is now. Human wildlife conflicts has been getting more notice now as the case of such interactions have increased because of various reason. Some of them are clearing of the forests that are the natural habitats for animals, urbanization, rise in population, etc. And these issues have demanded animals to wander outside their habitat that has been destroyed and enter human settlements in search of food and shelter. In this way animals too end up destroying farmland, preying on livestock and disrupting human lives. When such events become recurring, animals are mostly killed in the name of revenge killing or sometimes captured and left in the wild. In this pandemic, this is one of the many issues that has surfaced recently because of human wildlife interaction, illegal trade, and more so as humans having been neglecting and not respecting the natural environment and its biological riches.
looking at the situation during the lockdown when people are confined inside their homes to ensure safety and reduce the spread of coronavirus it was observed that wildlife had found an opportunity to venture outside the ter- their territory to urban areas where they could roam pollution levels had shown a decrease and reports of sighting of various species of birds and mammals had got an animal lovers stuck inside their homes excited around the globe Nilgai had been seen in Noida spotted deer in Tirupati Andhra Pradesh elephants in Haridwar Uttarakhand civets in Koyikode Kerala peacock in Mumbai Parsi colony Maharashtra one horned rhino in Sonapur town east of Guwahati Assam leopards in Chandigarh and dolphins in the waters of marine drive Malabar hills this resulted in a viral spread of pictures and videos of these wild species taking tour of our local areas while for some animals the situation is different as they have to be dependent on food waste generated by humans on daily basis in areas with high density of the species one such example is monkeys in thailand and in towns temples of north india that depend on people for food are now starving the global tourism sector has been adversely affected during this lockdown with limitations on traveling and many countries sealing their boundaries in countries such as india and thailand this lockdown has served as a solace for elephants which are often used for tourist joy rides sadly the tourists are unaware of the brutality and the harsh condition these elephants have to undergo for their enjoyment majority of the elephants that are exploited commercially are aged with poor vision and forced into such activities the important question right now with the lockdown restrictions being eased is that will animals be able to head back to their habitats without difficulty and with no human interference with people outside their houses now and vehicles constantly bustling on the road it seems as though more human wildlife interactions will take place than before which may also give rise to conflict animals that are wandering human settlements in peace will now in the post lockdown stage become confused and scared without knowing where to go in these situations different species of animals will be affected differently based on vulnerability and how humans view them for example a person encountering a panicking leopard or a larger mammal is going to react differently than encountering deer or peacock humans need to understand that neither of the two species pose any danger to our well-being and hence their sightings needs to be reported first in this scenario if humans are not well aware and look for a quick solution instead of informing forest officials or ngos that can help rescue and rehabilitate animals terrible situations can occur putting the animal or the person's life in danger this can also lead to poaching of animal being done as a safety measure the problem being regarded as an accident which is not acceptable therefore people who reside in these areas need to be aware of the upcoming problems and should be provided with proper guidelines of how to deal with it sensitivity is needed on account of the fact that animals on the other end could be an endangered species humans who have wrongly thought of themselves as being on top of the ecosystem pyramids have controlled and used nature and wildlife for various resources causing harm to multiple habitats and endangering animals around the world animals lost their habitat and food due to urbanization and unplanned development in the forest areas humans intruding the space that is meant for animals has led to an increase in man animal conflict animals entering the human settlement today is just an act reclaiming what was originally theirs one can only hope that this global pandemic and the rapid climate changes are enough to open the eyes of humans to see the shocking outcome of unsustainable living and work towards a sustainable way of living where balance is maintained and coexistence of all species is made possible to avoid conflict
This week we have a very interesting news to share about one rare species of mangrove which has been rediscovered. A mangrove species believed to be extinct from city forests has been documented across Gorai and Charkop mangroves in Mumbai after 63 years. The last documentation of this very rare species, Luminetsera rismosa, was in 1957 from Mumbai, according to the mangrove cell. The details were revealed in a report, Status of Mumbai's Mangroves, prepared and submitted to the state mangrove cell by Suchandra Datta from the Department of Botany, RD and SH National College, Bandra. We found less than 10 shrubs of Luminetsera rismosa towards the northwestern suburb of Mumbai, said Datta, principal investigator of the project. The cell also released location-wise sapling plantation data for the Konkan coast from 2015 to 2020 with survival rate ranging from 75% to 80%. The mangrove plantation were done over 1,480 hectares along the west coast including Mumbai at a cost of 40.36 crores over 5 years. With 20 lakh saplings in our nursery, post-monsoon plantation over 200 hectares has been planned this year, said Virendra Tiwari, additional principal chief conservator of forest, mangrove cell. Researchers from National College identified 13 species and 37 mangroves associates from Mumbai while studying 260 plant species belonging to 231 genera and 92 families across 17 locations. Mumbai has 6,600 hectares mangrove cover, about 90% of which are dominated by one species, Avicennia marina or the grey mangrove, a fruiting plant with dark green leaves. The remaining 10% is dominated by other species such as Acanthus illicifolius, Seriops stagal, Bruguera cylindrica and Aegisiris corniculatum. However, species such as Candelia candel, Sonarachia casolaris and Avicennia alba that were documented from Mumbai between 1905 to 1957 have gone missing. Luminetsera rismosa was one of them until the latest rediscovery. Though it is common across Atnagiri and Sindhudur district, it was identified from Bandra and Thane by late Dr. Arvind Ontavle from National Institute of Oceanography in 1957. N. Vasudevan, former mangrove cell chief, said, this is an important find as this is a locally threatened species and brings to the fore the unique biodiversity of Mumbai's mangroves. Growing urbanization and demand for development in the space-starved city had made mangrove forests a target for developers altering their ecosystem, the report said. Dumping of construction waste, sewage discharge and encroachment are some of the issues behind the depleting cover, said Datta. Mangroves across Bandra, Gorai, Daisar, Lokhandwala and Meera Bhayandar are facing these issues leading to ecosystem changes. I hope you all enjoyed the podcast. Please like, share and subscribe to stay updated. Do support us on Patreon so that we can produce more informative content for you all and show appreciation towards our young group working hard to provide content. Link is mentioned in the description. Thank you and see you next time.